Hello, this is Reggie, your Weekend Watcher, and every weekend I am looking at shows on Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime, and HBO Now to check out those shows that nobody's paying attention to, that nobody's telling you very much about, and honestly much less, that, you know, these platforms aren't pushing. Just to tell you why I'm excited about them, what they're all about, and how well they're able to, you know, meet their purposes. This weekend, I'm going to be taking on the French animated film, Ernest and Celestine. That's available on the Netflix platform. Last weekend, I told everybody how excited I was to try uh, Hotel Beau Séjour because I was taking a chance. Uh, mostly because I've been playing it safe with animated movies and documentaries. But honestly, oh, my goodness, I can't, I, I can't resist uh, a French cartoon. It's, and honestly, I love, I love French storytelling. And Ernest and Celestine gives me the opportunity. It's a, it's a, uh, it is an animated story that was originally brought to you uh, in French, and then it was dubbed in English. Uh, but honestly, I just, I, I can't wait for it. I, I'm sure it's going to have its charm. So, like every week, I am going to run down in the next few segments why I'm excited for this, give you some unsolicited ads for things you should check out that aren't paying me one dime, and then give us a summary of how this, how this show performs. So, you know, just stay put, and we're going we're gonna to figure this out together. All right, so next up we're going to have why I'm excited for Ernest and Celestine, but for now, I'll do the thing. So let's get into why I'm excited about Ernest and Celestine, right? This is available on Netflix. But what gets me excited is like a very unique, interesting approach to storytelling that really is itself culturally French. And I'm not talking about things like Amelie that take place in France. I'm talking about something maybe more akin to A Little Prince, which is a very old story, but available on Netflix now. Uh, the Trippets of Belleville, which I find just an, an, like an enthralling animated feature uh that really anybody you know barely anybody talks about uh at least i like i first saw it at a at a french consulate when i was when i was uh in central europe but the ability to you know handle these more innocent stories and and do with a you know degree of personality like you would see from a michelle gondry by the way michelle gondry is uh the guy who brought us eternal sunshine of the spotless mind and also be kind rewind uh, which are, re I would say, I don't know what to call them, but romantic films. They are, you know, it's not always like romanticized love, but they are charming flicks. So first off, yeah, the French storytelling is what what kind of drew me into you know why I added it to my list to begin with. But I would have to take this a step further. I'm usually not a fan of dubbing. I mean, I like to hear original voice, like the original voices that were, you know cast for the cartoon but in this case the casting for the american uh, dubbing is interesting to me at the top of that list you can see forrest whitaker 
And I know that Forrest Whitaker gets, you know, he gets a little bit of flack for his look or whatever, but if you listen to the man, how he uses his voice in films like The Last King of Scotland or even in Rogue One, a Star Wars story, uh, you can hear that he, he has a very particular way that he, when he envisions a character, voice is 100% a part of it. It's not just mannerisms. And so I'm excited for what Forrest Whitaker might bring to this, you know, this show. And also, you know, there's, other, I mean, they, they go star-studded on this American cast. Forrest Whitaker is there. William H. Macy is there. Paul Giamatti is there. Hell, I even saw that Lauren Bacall, I didn't even know Lauren Bacall was still alive. But Lauren Bacall is on the on the casting list for this, uh, for this movie. And for me, like, it's going to... To bring these people to the yard, there has to be a story. There's be something there, and I I'm curious what brought these folks out of the woodwork. So anybody that's listened to me long enough knows that I have I I have a love uh, for voice. I mean that's part of the reason why I'm why I'm doing this podcast, and that's also part of the reason why I uh, you know I. I use the platform anchor to, you know, to host the podcast because I get to hear a lot of voices, a lot of unique voices that are the first of their kind. Uh, and that, you know, that, that, that's part of what gets me amped up for watching Ernest and Celestine. I've done some very light research for this, you know, for this animated feature. And, you know, I saw that it won a couple of awards. I don't know the value of the awards. I feel like everything wins at least three awards these days because there's so many, film festivals to go around. Um, and like some of those film festivals are really niche. Uh, so I don't know what the value of those rewards are, but I, I know that, you know, if you're going to bring a lot of interesting people that can do other work, Forrest Whitaker can find other things to do. I think Paul Giamatti is already on like two shows and, or when this was filmed, it was like uh, 2002 or 2011 or something like that. He was, he had other work, other work to do. And also William H. Macy at that time had other work to do. So it's you know it costs them money <laughs> to to get these people away from other jobs, but in a nutshell, that's it. I mean the 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 ethnically culturally French storytelling I find charming and adorable, uh, and honestly just interesting. And honestly, the voice cast has gotten me intrigued. I can't wait to get into this. But before I do, I'm going to let you guys know. You know, some folks that haven't paid me dime one for me to plug what they do in this world. Unsolicited ads are going to be coming up next. All right, let's get into our unsolicited ads for the weekend. The second part of Guillermo del Toro's Troll Hunters is now on, well, and now it's on Netflix. It's a Netflix original, so of course it has no other place to be but on Netflix, which is incredible because Guillermo, honestly, he's par excellence. That guy is the same person that brought us Pan's Labyrinth, uh, the second Blade movie, the Hellboy movies, Pacific Rim. And if I remember correctly, he was a producer, an executive producer, at least, on the, uh, on the Spanish film The Orphanage, which I find enchanting. It's heartbreaking. It's everything a wintertime movie should be. If you're not going to watch Ernest and Celestine with me, I totally understand, but you can't go wrong with parts one and two of Troll Hunters. All right, for our second unsolicited ad, we have, well, I always save one for, for Anchor FM. For the folks out there, uh, infestation I think is killing it, and I try to give a reason why. And, you know, this week, I haven't done a shout-out yet, but honestly, Kevin Touch, he's, uh, 
he's had a, a, a be strong week and honestly he stopped like i stopped dead when he when he explained why he was doing that segment uh early on it was another user is going through a really tough time uh and kevin did a really good job to kind of fill in the gap try to establish you know like say hey listen we're there's a person in there and i understand that you're hurting and you know what i'm gonna do whatever i can to prop you up to show that i you know i'm supporting you so Big ups to Kevin Touch. If you haven't already favorited Kevin Touch, you know, you can do that there. You can do that also on Anchor Nation. Uh, both stations are great, and I habitually come back to them. My third one also goes out to an Anchor FM user, and that is Nick Diaz of Knots. Uh, honestly, he's been crushing it recently. He's uh, taken up the guitar, and he's, you know, he's been showing his progress through his segments. And it's, it's a great, you know, it's a great experience for me uh, as a person who's played a lot of music in my time. Uh, and he's been doing it in his columns as well. Uh, you know, it, it's it fits so well with my ethos of doing the thing. Uh, he he does the damn thing. He, you know, I like I always say is like, great greatness is isn't what's behind you; it's ahead of you, and it's where you're headed. And that's that's just him doing the damn thing. It's he's making a lot of progress, and I I hope it's a, an interesting journey for him. Uh, get, you know, getting there, getting there. He's he's really he's pulling it together, and it's nice to hear. And the last unsolicited ad is going to go to hot drinks. Why? Because it's the winter time, and I enjoy hot drinks. You know, if you want to, you know, make it a little, you know, make it a regular hot chocolate. If you want to spice it up a little bit, add a little bit of Kahlua to your hot chocolate or some Bailey's Irish cream. That's amazing. Do that. If you want to have mulled wine, also, uh, awesome. Do that. If you want to have some hot tea, that's kind of my speed, right? Uh, especially of the caffeine-free variety. But if you want to have some hot tea, again, it's the perfect time for it. It's a great time to relax, have yourself a hot drink, and like tuck in, tuck yourself in and watch some streaming shows. I mean, honestly, that's that, that might be the best place for <laughs> for the weekend watcher is is a hot drink, or uh, you know, in the winter time. So that's uh that's our unsolicited ads next up i'm going to get into a rundown of ernest and celestine the movie available on netflix so we get to the point in this podcast where i get to explain honestly should you shouldn't you on ernest and celestine first off my my usual go-to is you should. And honestly, in this case, it pays off. You should. Um, honestly, this 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 movie comes in at um, an hour and 15 minutes runtime. So really, it's a couple episodes of TV. You, you're, and for what you get out of that hour 15 is beautiful. I'll give you a rundown on the story right now. So Ernest and Celestine is a story about a bear and a mouse that live in two separate worlds. All right. The, so the mouse exists in this world where she you know they live below the streets they're poor she is you know she is an orphan almost like a, a madeline right but she's she's an orphan and uh she you know she exists to steal the baby teeth of of bears like uh kind of like a tooth fairy <laughs> she's kind of like but uh she doesn't give a coin she just takes it and they use the teeth uh in 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 the mouse world and the bears ignore and usually hate mice because they're dirty and gross and they steal teeth. That said, Celestine is a is a mouse that doesn't want your typical life. Now let's let's back away from the story a little bit so you know what this is about. You have two people in two separate worlds that uh by the name, you know, Ernest and Celestine, they become friends. 
right? Because it's a children's movie. A children's movie, they, all, they have to become friends. That's what you do in children's movies. But I'm going to back away from the story, as I said, to tell you a little bit about this film. So this is first off shot and animated in watercolors, um, which is a different, isn't is a different artistic choice. And I feel like I'm sort of cheating in being able to give a rundown of this movie because I've already done, you know, movies with, like I've already done the documentary Floyd Norman and Animated Life, where it talks about you know the work of an animator. Uh, it, it, part of it talks about the work of this one particular animator and what they do when they're doing well when they're crushing it. They are smoothing out and making believable the difference between frame one and frame sixteen. Um, they're they're putting motion to pictures and trying to make the movement something that looks fluid and beautiful and pers you know preserve the beauty of the art that they started off with. And I would say the animators again we don't think about animators very much, much like Floyd Norman taught us. But the animators do a beautiful job and moving this watercolor and also the watercolor artists are amazing because this is a picturesque looking film like in all honesty there are several frames where i feel like oh my god i need to i need to get a copy of these frames from this movie so i can have them in my daughter's room so this is a visually beautiful movie that aside, there's something that I left out in the, you know, in the why I'm excited portion of this, uh, of this podcast. As I said, I left something out when I was giving the why I'm excited portion. I included, you know, the storytelling. I like French, culturally French storytelling. I just think it's interesting, uh, different from what I'm accustomed to in watching American films. But I also mentioned an all-star cast. Nick Offerman from Parks and Recreation, Megan Mullally from Will and Grace and Parks and Recreation. We had William H. Macy, Forrest Whitaker, old Hollywood's Lauren Bacall. Honestly, in 2012, Lauren Bacall, getting her is like asking for Elizabeth Taylor or asking for Debbie Reynolds. That's uh, Carrie Fisher's mom, for anybody that needs a reminder. This is somebody that had a long and uh, illustrious career, you know, to not dice words, she had a very accomplished career in Hollywood in many years past. So getting her out of bed to do a cartoon, a cartoon in 2012, it takes some doing. It takes some maneuvering. It takes it takes a story that she's that it takes a story that she would honestly care about at least a little bit because she doesn't likely need the money at that point. Uh, Lauren McCall has since uh, passed away, so may she rest in peace. But I left somebody out. And honestly, I probably for a good reason. 17-year-old Mackenzie Faye. She was 12 or 11 when she was recording this, uh, when the movie came out. But where the other actors, honestly, are very established, she she is a different person. Like, she is our Celestine. Uh, she plays a, a mouse. Uh, and honestly, mice are mice fit as children because you live in a bigger world, right? You, you recognize how small you are when you're a child and honestly, Celestine, she, our Celestine is so good in recognizing how small she is, but also recognizing how powerful she is. At every time where she's interacting for, for example, with Lauren Bacall or Forrest Whitaker, who she spends most of the movie with, 
when she's with Forrest Whitaker, you know, sometimes it feels like Forrest Whitaker is in a studio booth, talking, doing his thing, acting. But honestly, and like, he could be alone. But I will say, never does it seem like Mackenzie Faye is ever alone. She is always interacting and, and, and amplifying the work that other people are doing and doing that amplifying herself. Like, she is doing the damn thing when it comes to voice acting. And she's doing the thing when it comes to real acting. Now, she, I checked her IMDb because I'm like, who is this kid? And honestly, because she sells a story to me. And I'll tell you, she played, uh, if you get, anybody remembers the movie Interstellar, she plays uh, Matthew McConaughey's daughter, the young version. Uh, also, she was in the Twilight movies, but I never watched those, so I don't really care. But she also played in, um, re you know, more recently in uh, the Netflix adaptation of The Little Prince. So this is a girl that's already accomplished as a voice actor, and she's been in a really big movie. Interstellar was a big darn movie. I think that was, if I remember correctly, that was either Golden Globe winner and an Oscar contender, or an Oscar contender and a Golden Globe. So this is, like, she's been in movies that... You know, important people with important, you know, important critics and people on movies care about. Uh, and she brought it in those movies. And, I, oh my goodness, I think that, you know, if you're going to look down the line, if I look down the line, I wouldn't be surprised if this kid ends up in some really interesting features and, you know, doing bigger and better and more. That's, for me, that's a name I'm going to probably look out for in the future, Mackenzie Fay. And, Honestly, at 17 years old right now, this kid is, I mean, she just has to keep doing what she's doing. And it's incredible. Now, I guess I'm going to get back to the story a little bit of Ernest and Celestine because it feels like a collage of story pieces I've seen before. Of course, it's a children's movie, so there's elements of learning to be friends. Also, learning to accept people for who they are, as well as being who you are. Um... That that's important themes in children's movies, and honestly, I think that's something that uh, that that it it isn't old. Um, it seems old because this is a story. By the time you're in your twenties and thirties and forties, you've seen it a billion times. Uh, but I, I feel it's a lesson that we can always stand to relearn one more time. But for TV shows, I always say there's a hook, right? There's a point where I'm hooked in, and I would say for this movie, I was hooked in on the art at the beginning, at the very beginning. If you're not a fan of art and you're a fan of plot and storytelling and characters, there was a line that affected me throughout the, you know, that happened twice throughout this movie, important critical, uh, critical moments. And the line was this, it's going to be okay. I am here with you and I am not your nightmare. And honestly, I feel like this is, this is a line that we tell each other when we love each other. That, hey, I'm here. I'm here with you. And I'm not going away. And I will, I will do you no harm. Uh, now tell me, tell me what's bothering you. And we can see if we can make this better. That's, that's a wonderful, you know, that's a wonderful way that this movie just kind of got to me. And it took about 40 minutes. But when it, when it got to me, it got to me. Um, and it cemented this friendship. And it cemented a movie that I had no bones about, you know, figuring out where these friends go. 
Uh, I mean, that's what I have for you there in, uh, in the movie Ernest and Celestine. Is it worth the time for me? An hour and 15 minutes? Yes, it's worth the time. Um, but, you know, more than that, it, it, it gives you a little bit of, you know, a little bit of a flawed story. Yeah, I mean, a story with flawed characters who learn how to, who learn how to love. And, you know, not always in a romantic way, right? But learn how to love and be loved. And I, I'm going to leave with two parting shots. But one of them is from my one of my favorite songs from Nat King Cole, Nature Boy. And the greatest thing you'll ever learn is just to love and be loved in return. That's shot number one. And then shot number two is always my sign-off. For anybody that wants, you know, that if you want to do something, you do the thing. And that's why I encourage you guys to do. Do the thing.